0: Reading for today is from 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love another, love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this way, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers and sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Several years ago, my in-laws made plans to take our family on a Disney cruise. There was to be on this cruise a stop in Nassau, and so we were told to take our passports. The day before we were to leave, I went to look for my passport. Couldn't find it at home, went up to the bank to see, make sure I knew it was in the bank deposit box. And it was not. Went home, checked again, checked the firebox, checked a drawer, checked another drawer. Nope. Nope. When my in-laws arrived that evening for a relaxing dinner and an early bedtime so that we could get up early the next day, they found our house in such disarray that they thought we had been robbed. (laughs) My passport was nowhere in the house, but my trip-sponsoring in-laws were. (laughs) After more frantic searching, we did some research and confirmed that I could go to Nassau If I had my birth certificate, there's only one problem with that. The birth certificate was nowhere to be found. (laughs) I, embarrassed and desperate, called my father to see if by chance he had it. Somehow, when he called back, he had found it, and immediately we made plans for him to meet me on the way to Florida. The nightmare that I was having of me standing on the dock waving goodbye as my family sailed off was over. Thinking back on that frenzied day and night, Sally and I have often commented about how calming and supportive her parents were, and how with no questions asked or judgment implied, my father helped us work things out. Love. Love. We talk about it in so many superficial ways that we often miss the depth of it. I'll resist reminding you how many things we love during the day. McDonald's has an entire advertising campaign about us loving cheap hamburgers. You're smart enough to know that ain't love, but are we paying attention to what is? Are we Loving well. John's first letter gives us a starting point for loving well. He reminds us what real love is, that there's nothing superficial about it. It's not built on an appetite, or on looks, or on feeling. It isn't born in what you've done for me. It's a son saying, Dad, I need some help his father showing up at an exit in clover to hand over his birth certificate it's a wife celebrating the best in her husband rather than dwelling on his lesser qualities it's a spouse cherishing a spouse a parent cherishing a child a child of god cherishing his father so much that he looks to seek betterment for his father's other children. Love is a son coming to his senses about how his fathers have plenty to eat, and how he's eating the pigs' leftovers, then going home. But before he could even say to his father, I'm sorry, his father has embraced him and called him son. As a father looking at his children who are struggling to find peace. Struggling to live faithfully. Struggling for salvation and saying something has to give. Someone has to give. I have someone to give. I will give my son to show them a better way. To offer them healing and hope and salvation and peace. I love them before they love me before they even know me, before there is a thing they can do for me, I love them. I'm sending salvation to them. That is love. And we often hear about it. But do we hear it? Maybe we've grown tired of hearing it. I've read that one explanation for why men are losing interest in the church is because we talk about things like love. They go home from work and have to endure the Hallmark Channel. Their ESPN radio is interrupted by advertisements reminding them to send flowers to their mother, chocolate-covered strawberries to their wife. And then they go to church, and instead of pointing to a Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather kind of Jesus... We talk about love, and they're sick of it. There was an article in the Christian Century a few years back wondering how, in the midst of declining male participation in mainline churches, Eastern Orthodox churches keep a near 50-50 split between the genders. They explained that it was not the Duck Dynasty-type beards that the clergy and the Orthodox wear, That instead, the article wrote, religion journalist Frederica Matthews Green surveyed male adult converts and discovered that orthodoxy's main appeal is that it is challenging. One convert said, orthodoxy is serious. It is difficult. It is demanding. It is about mercy, but it is also about overcoming myself. Another said he was sick of bourgeois, feel good American Christianity. To which I say good. Because I am too. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind feeling good. But I've never thought that God's love for us should mean we remain infants in the faith, coddled with no expectation for response. So, all right, manly men. And womanly women, let's get the challenge going. You want your faith to demand something of you? Live like Jesus. Love like Jesus. It was bold love that brought Jesus to us. It was brave love that had him defend the woman caught in adultery and tell stories where Samaritans were heroes And deal with people who had blood issues and demons, and challenge the religious authorities and the Roman power and our obsession with possessions. It was tough love that sent him into Jerusalem and onto that cross. There was nothing weak about Jesus' ministry, but it was loving. There was plenty in it that was meek and humble and gracious. You can be both strong and meek, brave and humble. What you cannot be is both a disciple of Jesus Christ and filled with hate. Just as God cannot be the God we know in Jesus Christ and unloving. God is love. It's not that love is God. God is love. What that means is there is no action, no engagement, no work on the part of the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit that is not born in love. Even judgment is born in love. That same Father who, no questions asked, met me at an exit to give me my birth certificate has also in his life rendered some discipline, some correction. When John's letter speaks of the day of judgment, he recognizes that such a day is coming. He's speaking of the final day of judgment, a judgment day when we need Jesus' atoning sacrifice, His loving mercy. And I think he's also talking about today which, like all days, is filled with judgment. Moments to choose right and wrong. I don't want us walking around anxious about every decision we make, fearful that what we do is going to be written in some book about our behavior. Perfect love casts out fear, we're told. I don't want us to be constantly afraid because... It's hard to have peace and joy when you're afraid. When we're aware that God is love, we can breathe more deeply, live with less fear, and precisely because of that, live more faithfully. As we exhale fear, we inhale boldness. We, empowered by the Holy Spirit, can rise to the challenge of living and loving like Christ. We can perform the boldest acts there are. You want to do something strong and courageous? Forgive somebody. Serve somebody. Stand up for justice for someone who can't stand up for herself. Stand up for what is right, even when it will cost you dearly. Do something for someone who cannot repay you for it. Love the unlovable, the unlikable, the undeserving. Not in some squishy, feel-good way, but in a holy, real good way. In Jesus' way. Love like you have been loved from above. There's nothing wimpy about that.